A few weeks ago, I conducted a very unscientific survey with some of my friends. I asked them to tell me the first adjective, positive or negative, that came to their minds when they thought about the city of Pittsburgh. Included in this survey were Pittsburgh natives, some people who've only lived here a short period of time, and many in between. The results of this survey were interesting and varied. Here are some of their answers. Friendly, dirty, unique, confusing, colorful, headache-causing, lively, proud, and um, bridges, which is not an adjective but nonetheless was an extremely popular answer. I really love these answers because I think they begin to paint a portrait of the city of Pittsburgh. From its friendly people to its dirty rivers, the unique architecture and the confusing traffic patterns, the colorful neighborhoods, and the headache-causing road construction, the lively Steelers games, and proud Penguins fans, and the bridges. So many bridges. Over 400 bridges within the city limits alone. This portrait of the city of Pittsburgh isn't quite complete, however. There's one very important adjective missing, and that is mysterious. Not many people think of Pittsburgh as being mysterious, which is why I've begun this project, to shine light upon the weird, the fantastical, and the unexplainable in the Pittsburgh metro area. You are listening to The Unsolved Mysteries of Pittsburgh. So why Pittsburgh, you may be wondering at this point? What makes the Steel City so mysterious? Well, let me give you a little background on myself to try to explain. I was born in Pittsburgh and raised in the suburbs outside of the city limits. I moved away to go to college, met lots of people from this and other countries, even lived abroad for a bit, and then finally made my way back home. I have a job where I work exclusively with populations that are not from this city. I mention all of this because it's only been fairly recently, as an adult, that I've realized that there are some things about Pittsburgh that seem very strange to outsiders. Case in point. Because of our many hills and valleys, our road maps look like they were drawn by a seismograph. We are known to gleefully put french fries on sandwiches and salads. Our Major League Baseball games are punctuated by six adults dressed as pierogies racing around the field. We have parking chairs, which are just what they sound like. We use words like nebnos, gum bands, 
Jaggerbush, and of course, Yins. Now those are all fun regional peculiarities, but there is more to it than just that. Some things about Pittsburgh just don't make sense. There are things that I find hard to satisfactorily explain to non-Pittsburghers. For example, sometimes places and people will just disappear. And that leads me to my first mystery. I decided to start out small with this project and tackle a personal mystery that my fiance Jason witnessed when he was a teenager. One evening in 1999, he and his friend Steph watched a dense fog roll out from behind a Walmart and consume the center township Perkins family restaurant. And by consume, I don't just mean that it was obscured by a heavy mist. I mean that the next day, according to Jason, the Perkins was gone, without a trace, as if it had never been there at all. I sat down with Jason to ask him some questions about the fog that ate Perkins, as well as some questions about the area in which the incident occurred. The former Perkins had been located near the town of Manaka in Beaver County, an area which is about 25 miles northwest of downtown Pittsburgh. So tell me a little bit about Beaver County. Uh, I guess I would describe Beaver County as uh, a once viable and industrious area that was hit hard um, by the really the crash of the steel industry. and. It doesn't realize that it's no longer relevant. So that's kind of a bleak picture of Beaver County. Let me add some of my own impressions. There are lots of beautiful hills and scenery. The county seat, also called Beaver, is a very cute town. And Mike Dicka grew up in Aliquippa, which is the largest city in the county. Describe the area where Perkins used to be located. Uh, so it's a shopping center, um, kind of in the three parts of a rectangle, where um, on the left-hand side was a series of uh, shops. Uh, there was a movie theater um, on the end of it. I think there was like a GameStop uh, up near the corner. And the, the back wall of it was just a, a Walmart. Well, it still is a Walmart. And uh, other stores and stuff on the right-hand side. And then... It does that shopping center thing where floating around towards the front uh, is a just a standalone chain restaurant. And God knows why, but in this one, they chose a Perkins. And I think by this point, uh, the Perkins had been vacant. Uh, can you tell people what Perkins is just in case they don't have Perkins where they live? Perkins is a strange chain restaurant area um, with odd inhabitants, good breakfasts, and I once saw a green woman there. I made a note to myself, I should probably follow up on that green woman comment. It could be material for another investigation. All right, well, let's get into the nuts and bolts of the story. So tell me what actually happened that night. So that night, 
was just like most of the nights um, at that point in my life, I would go to a local coffee shop and I would meet up with a bunch of friends. And then afterwards, some of us would always go up to the Eaton Park that's actually uh, across a street from that shopping center. Another quick note for the non-natives. Eaton Park is a local chain of family-style restaurants known for their all-day breakfast specials, soup and salad bar, and sugar cookies with big smiley faces drawn on them with icing, which are called, get this, smiley cookies. And we would grab a bite to eat, grab some coffee, and then towards the end of the night we would go and stand out front while the, the smokers would smoke and the rest of us would just uh, chat. So this night was just my friend uh, Steph and I. And Steph was smoking and we were chatting and by the time we got out of the Eaton Park, it was nighttime, um, it's dark. And as we're sitting there chatting, uh, one of us pointed out that between the, the corner of the Walmart and the, the GameStop, uh, fog was rolling in. And we noticed this was a, a very, very dense fog. This was um, very thick. As soon as it passed something, you couldn't see through it anymore. The, it was like the thing didn't exist anymore. And it was interesting to watch at first. Um, you could watch it roll over a storefront and just have it be gone. And we just kind of kept an eye on it um, as we were talking. And it was moving pretty quickly. And it was cutting through the parking lot. And eventually it, it started to swallow the Perkins. And by the time it made it past the Perkins, we couldn't see it anymore. And this was a little disturbing because this is just across the street. We decided mutually to, to go home at that point. We didn't want to be caught in whatever type of fog this was, have to drive through it. Um, so we got in our cars and we, we left and I had a strange feeling, um, kind of that, that silly, scared feeling like you get when you're alone at home and you hear a noise and you know it's nothing, but you kind of freak yourself out. And I had that uh, until I was really sort of out of the range of where the, the fog would be. And then the next night, uh, we went back to the coffee shop, a bunch of us. Uh, a bunch of us went to Eaton Park again. Um, by the end of it, it was just Steph and I again. And we went outside, and she was smoking, we were chatting, and one of us noticed that the Perkins was gone. Just entirely gone. And it had been there the night before. It was the last thing that we saw before we left. So, I, I know you say it was just gone, but... I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't ask. Like, you said that it was probably vacant, so isn't it possible that a crew came the next morning, uh, they demolished the building, and then just cleaned up really well after themselves? 
I mean, I don't think you understand this. There was no construction equipment there. There was no debris. There wasn't even a hole in the ground where it used to be. It it was just like the Perkins had never existed. So then what do you think actually happened? What What made Perkins disappear? I've thought about this a lot over the years. And... Just thinking back to the, the feeling of that night, the the fog did have a presence. It felt menacing. It, it felt hungry. I think it may have been sentient. I don't know. After this interview, I decided my best course of action would be to visit the area near the former Perkins, Even though it's been gone for a good 18 years or so, I thought I might gather some clues there anyway. Maybe there would be some atmospheric disturbances or signs of something supernatural. All right, so it is a Sunday afternoon. It is 12.23. We are sitting in the parking lot of the Eaton Park. This was the place where you observed the fog phenomenon, correct? Uh, correct, yeah. We're looking just uh, over across the, the highway the same way we were that night. Yeah. You probably hear some of the traffic noise. People are out and about shopping. Um, I am currently looking at a Taco Bell, which I guess took the place of the former Perkins. Um, not much interesting going on, to be honest. It looks like any other shopping center you've ever been to. Um, I can see the Walmart looks perfectly normal. I don't see any phenomenon of any sort. You notice anything? No, I mean, this just looks like every shopping center ever. Yeah, um, so, huh, this is where the Foggate Perkins. You want to get something to eat? Yeah, sure. Needless to say, I was very disappointed. There was nothing remotely mysterious about two suburban-style shopping centers divided by a major road. At this point, I was starting to think my initial hunch was probably correct, that the fog was just a fog, and that a construction crew very efficiently tore down the vacant restaurant in a short period of time. But then... A short while later, I decided to ask Jason's younger brother, Kevin, what he remembered about Perkins. Hey, Kevin. Hi, thanks for finally having me on. You may have noticed that Kevin sounds an awful lot like his brother, but rest assured, they are different people. In fact, they would probably tell you that their voices are really the only thing that's similar about them. So uh, I wanted to ask you a couple questions about the Center Township Perkins. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, the, the Perkins that used to be across the road from where Eaton Park is. I mean, it's not there anymore, but it was there, like, back in the 1990s. No, I don't, I don't think a Perkins was ever up that way. I mean, there was. Like, your, your brother told the story about the fog that swallowed the Perkins. Like, surely you, you would have been there. I think you probably got what my brother said confused. There's never been a Perkins up that way. 
Are you sure? I'm pretty positive. I was up there a lot. I spent a lot of time up that way. How could someone who was born and raised in the very same area not remember Perkins at all? Maybe something supernatural was going on after all. Maybe Jason and Steph were the only witnesses to some sort of dimensional portal type event. I went back to Jason with the news. So, Jason, um, I may have made a, a disturbing revelation in this case. So I went to talk to your brother, and I wanted to ask him some questions about the Perkins, just to see what he remembered, and he has no recollection of it. Like he said, according to him, he doesn't think there's ever been a Perkins there, period. I mean, I think that makes sense uh, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, my brother is seven years younger than I am. At this point, I was probably in my late teens, maybe in my early 20s. I'm not even sure how often he was up in that area. And to the second point, I mean, are you surprised he doesn't remember? Jason quietly reminded me, off microphone, that Kevin has had a number of concussions in his life. It turns out that Perkins is one of many things that Kevin no longer remembers. Like the names of most of his ex-girlfriends, putting the top on the family convertible during inclement weather, and the ages of 17 to 21. Despite this red herring, Jason did have a good suggestion. He thought we should return to the former Perkins at night, since that's when they witnessed the fog in the first place. And so we did. All right, we are back at the scene of the fog, or I should say we're actually in the parking lot of the Taco Bell, which used to be where the Perkins was. We're going to stake out and see if we find anything interesting. Um, right now, not much interesting is going on. Uh, we've got a great view of the Walmart parking lot. It's about 8.30. Um, it's starting to get dark a little bit, but not much interesting going on. Just uh, some people going in and out of Walmart, as you would expect. Uh, Jason, this is, in fact, the scene of the crime. Anything unusual going on? No, it looks perfectly normal. I mean, it's just, it's a parking lot. All right, well, like I said, it's only starting to get dark now, so we'll stick it out for a little bit longer and see if we see anything. It seemed like a pretty typical evening in the Taco Bell parking lot. Some folks coming and going as the evening went on. We continued our stakeout, hoping something interesting might happen when the sun went down completely. All right, uh, checking in again. It's 9.15. Jason is texting because he's bored. I am also bored. Um, it is definitely a lot darker now. Still hanging out in Taco Bell parking lot. People are starting to leave the area because it's getting a little late, and um, we're in suburban Pittsburgh. Things close pretty early around here. Um, yeah, nothing of note, except uh, somebody has left their shopping cart in the middle of the Walmart parking lot, and that's probably about the worst thing that you could possibly do, Yeah, only, only awful, terrible people leave a shopping cart like that. I mean, there's one of those shop, shopping cart returns like like 20 feet away from it. Really, you couldn't walk 20 more feet. So, uh, 
that's that's about it for now. Fog watch, there is still no fog. Um, but I guess we'll stick it out a little bit longer, see if anything happens. Besides the aforementioned shopping cart in the Walmart lot, which, as far as I'm concerned, is an extreme breach of social conduct, there was nothing out of the ordinary. No strange feelings, no green people, and no fog whatsoever. As it was getting close to the two-hour mark of our stakeout, I figured it was probably about time to give up. Okay, it's getting close to 10.30. It's past my bedtime. Um, still hanging out in the Taco Bell parking lot. Still staring at Walmart. Nothing's happening. Um, I guess this is going to be another bust, like... Wait a minute. Wait. What? Wait. No, no, look over there between the, uh, the, the building. What am I looking at? Oh. Oh! <laughs> the whole lot of nothing that's coming at us? At this point, we saw it. Tendrils of thick fog started drifting out from behind the Walmart, moving slowly towards us and obscuring everything in their path. Yeah, oh, geez. All right, yeah, there, uh, there is a massive fog. It is coming from between the Walmart and the GameStop, as it did, as you described before. It is just sort of creeping out. It's, oh man, that is really thick. Um, I can't see part of Walmart anymore. And, oh shoot! Look at the cart! Look at the cart! The it's cart. about to take the cart! <laughs> oh my goodness! Alright, well, uh, this is very exciting. The fog has swallowed the cart, which goes to show that there is still justice left in this world. Um, yeah, it's really, um, huh. It's getting kind of close. Yeah, and, um, it's sort of headed right for us? Like, it's, uh, it's kind of making a beeline for us. Like, it's just coming right at us, uh, and it's speeding up. All right, um, executive decision. We're getting out of here. Yeah, start the, start yeah, the car. Start it. Start it. We started up the car and drove. I had seen everything that I needed to see. And I felt it, too. This wasn't a normal fog. The way that it moved was very animal-like. And it gave off the impression that it was watching us. That sounds stupid, right? But it was the same feeling that you get when someone who's just out of your range of vision is looking at you. And the way that it sped towards us after consuming that shopping cart was definitely out of the norm when it comes to weather phenomena. After that night, I took some time to reflect upon what I had seen. Even though I'd now witnessed the fog up close, I didn't have a good explanation for what it was. I could say with full confidence that it wasn't a normal fog, but even though I've begun investigating supernatural phenomenon in Pittsburgh, I don't actually know much about supernatural phenomenon. I truly don't mind mentioning when I am out of my depth, and at this point, I was floundering in the deep end of the pool without my floaties. Luckily, 
I knew an expert I could call on. Enter Felicia, magical correspondent and synth witch. So Felicia, how would you describe your areas of expertise? Well, um, I've been a closet occultist for the better part of 15 years, and I consider myself an amateur garden and kitchen witch. Okay. So what, if anything, do you know about magical fogs? Well, um, I've researched the subject a little bit, and the extent of what I know is what kinds of spell work are enhanced by fog, and you could consider that a subset of water magic. Basically things like, if you find a fog bank, you know, this sort of spell is enhanced by it, so on and so forth. Uh, Though I have heard several reports of ominous thick fogs that swallow things, but usually give them back. Now, do you think a practitioner of magic could make a fog that would be capable of consuming, like, say, an entire building? Is that a remote possibility? I mean, maybe with a lot of dry ice, but even then, you know, I don't think it would just take the building without giving it back at the end. I've seen lots of things swallowed by fog, but never digested. So then, I wonder, do you think there might be such a thing as, say, a sentient fog? Honestly, it's really hard for me to make that call. Um, I personally don't deal with too many supernatural things, too many spiritual things. Uh, But it probably depends on what your definition of sentient is. I mean, you know, practitioners of magic, many of them, myself included, see magic as applied intent, so to speak. So it's not out of the realm of possibility to consider that, you know, maybe if someone was doing some spell work, they could have applied their intent, you know, or ill will, or uh, if you want to call it this curse, to the fog bank, but insofar as a fog, you know, feeling hungry and uh, wanting to eat a building, that's not really something I've encountered. Okay, so having heard the story about the quote-unquote fog that ate Perkins, what what's your interpretation of these events? What do you think happened? Well, I think there are multiple possibilities. But a magic practitioner with a vendetta against mediocre diners just simply isn't among them as far as I'm concerned. Aliens, perhaps. Now, there was, I I don't know if I mentioned this, there was once spotted in a Perkins, uh, somebody who's described as being a green woman. So... Very interesting. So, see, you have more of a lead there than you would going down the, you know, the pagan route. Uh, It could be anything, really. The CIA... You know, uh, just to reiterate, there are 99 suspects, but a witch ain't one. So, where does this leave us, exactly? Felicia was able to tell me that a witch most likely didn't create the phenomenon, but we still didn't have a good explanation for the fog that ate Perkins. Or I should say, we still don't have a good explanation. 
because in the time since my interview with Felicia, I've attempted my own research, which has led to nothing but dead ends. Oddly enough, the thing I keep coming back to is that green woman that Jason once saw there. It could be that the fog was alien in nature and was trying to erase some sort of extraterrestrial evidence left behind at the Perkins. But then why did it come after us that one night, all those years after the original event? Unless maybe it thinks that we know too much about it and it wanted to erase us as well. Sadly, my group of friends and acquaintances does not include an alienologist. So I think this mystery is going to remain one of the unsolved mysteries, at least for now. At the outset of this podcast, I was really hoping to have some good conclusions to find some definite answers to some very big questions. I even started out with what I thought was going to be an easy mystery, a guaranteed hole-in-one. But although I didn't find the answers that I was looking for in regards to the fog that ate Perkins, I did make an equally important discovery. There is so much more happening in the Pittsburgh area than even I was aware of. I have only just begun to scratch the surface of the paranormal. And while I'm putting the fog that ate Perkins on the shelf for now, I'm not going to stop investigating the mysteries that come my way. Next time, I will be looking into a mystery that is near and dear to my own heart. A small spring tucked away in the woods that offers an alluring promise to anyone who visits. But until then, this has been the Unsolved Mysteries of Pittsburgh. The Unsolved Mysteries of Pittsburgh was created, written, and edited by me, Jillian Jarbo, with help from Jason Lease. Kevin was Kevin Lease, and Felicia was Felicia Connor. Music used in this episode includes A Long Cold by Riot, Night Music and Ghostpocalypse One Departure by Kevin McLeod, and Porches and Universes by Puddle of Infinity. More info and links to these tracks is in the description. Our theme song is Mood Factory by Felly Kitty, aka Felicia. You can find her music on soundcloud.com slash Kitty. You can visit our blog at unsolvedmysteriespgh.tumblr.com for pictures from my visit to the former Perkins family restaurant, as well as other mysterious goings on in Pittsburgh. And if you have a Pittsburgh-related mystery that you would like someone to look into, email the details to unsolvedmysteriespgh at gmail.com.